Welcome to this week's edition of Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Influential people, high-performing organizations, creating a culture of success. And now your hosts, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of Leading the Way. Always great to have you along in this Sunday afternoon. We're going to be here till 5 o'clock. And as we talk about the innovation and collaboration, the strategy and the diversity, leadership and culture and so many other things of some of the great companies and organizations all around the world. That's what we do each and every Sunday afternoon. And we're delighted to welcome you. I'm Scott Murray. And I'm Angel Carlton. And we team up each and every week with our presenting partner, I4CP, the Institute for Corporate Productivity, of which uh, my talented and able-bodied co-host is a director. So, Angel, take it away. <laughs> Tell us more about I4CP and all what that you do each and every day. Absolutely, absolutely. I4CP is the Institute for Corporate Productivity, as Scott mentioned. We are a research and advisory firm. We discover the next practices, although we talk about best practices, we actually discover the next practices in human capital. Our members or member organizations rely on us to ensure that their efforts will make the greatest impact on the business today and in the future. And so through superior research, peer collaboration, tools, and data, we, we provide insights that help organizations just better anticipate, adapt, and act in a constantly changing business environment. I invite you to visit our website to learn more about I4CP at I4, that's number four, cp.com. Very, very good. Thank you much, Angel. And I tell you what, stand by because we are most excited that we're going to get a chance to uh, talk to someone that is, uh, well, her company is known worldwide. They've been around for 52 years. Let me tell you a little something about uh, this organization and about our special guest on this Sunday afternoon. Sodexo is a, a French food services and facilities management company that was founded, as I said, 52 years ago, back in the uh, the magic year of 1966. Where were you back in 66? Well, it is headquartered in Paris, France. That's where it all started. And Sodexo is, uh, Sodexo is, is uh, one of the largest multinational corporations. Believe it or not, they've got close to half a million employees, 420,000 to be exact. And that represents 130 nationalities, 34,000 sites in 80 countries on the planet. That is unheard of. And to accelerate growth in these worldwide markets, Sodexo acquired Inspirus. That's right, Inspirus. Sounds like uh, Inspire Us. That's what it's all about. That's what they try to do every single day, inspire one another. Back in 2016, it was a leading provider of employee engagement solutions and happened to be ba based in the uh, great state of Texas in Fort Worth. Well, the young lady that is going to uh, join us today is Mia Menz, and she was serving as the CEO of Inspirus at the time and is now the CEO of Sodexo Benefits and Reward Services, Inspirus in North America. So a pretty big position, and in this position, she leads the strategic evolution and growth of the business. Pretty impressive, with a focus on delivering outcome-based employee engagement solutions through recognition, learning, and well-being programs and platforms. And... Uh, she founded her own nonprofit, Seven Sisters to Sisters, serves on the board of Girls, Inc., and passionately mentors through the Emerge Fellows Program. She holds an MBA from someplace uh, called Harvard, Harvard Business School. Where is that, Mia? Where is Harvard? I've never heard of that one. Is that in Mesquite, Texas, or where am I, where might I find that? <laughs> I tell you, it doesn't get much better than that. Harvard, very, very impressive. Mia, welcome. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you. 
so much. You did your homework, Scott. Many people are asking Sodexo who, Sodexo what. So, uh, so thanks for that great introduction and for orienting your audience around who we are and what we do. Well, you're very welcome. I tell you what, when I looked at the side, Angel said, Scott, Sodexo, this is what we're going to be talking about Sunday afternoon. I said, yeah, where is that? And she said, well, they're actually in Paris, France. But they have now a little tie-in with uh, this wonderful state of Texas that we all call home. And I said, where's that? Well, she said, Mia lives in Houston, and this company's in Fort Worth. And she got on and on and on. She said, here, just go to this and read about it. And, Angel, you had no, I, I had no idea it was going to be this impressive. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I'm so excited. We have so much in common. Just l- learning about what you do and what we do at I4CP. Looking forward to this conversation, Mia. Me too. Thank you for having me. Well, you're very welcome. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm sure Angel has already told you prior to the program, but we have a little something called the lightning round. It's kind of your journey to success, be it all the way back to, uh, to Boston, Mass., and some places we said and jokingly said this incredible institution called Harvard, to uh, where you are now here in Texas, down in Houston, and doing what you do for uh, this uh, Inspire Us and, 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 again, Sodexo, the, uh, the team that just jumped on board and then purchased uh, Inspire Us, uh, what, three years, two, two, three years ago. So it's just been a couple of years, very 2016. Right. Yeah, very nice. Well, let's, uh, right. let's have a little fun with our lightning round. And, uh, again, just short little questions to, and short little answers as to who you are and what you're all about so our, our listeners or our, uh, you know, get, get an idea of uh, where you came from. First job. And what did you learn from it? What comes to mind? My first job was with the Citibank Diners Club, credit card marketing. I was just so excited to be out in the corporate world and to, to actually have some proximity to real-life business. I was an economics major. And uh, I will tell you, I did not love that job. And, but I learned two really important things from it. But the first was how to do work that you don't like and how to take the learning from it and how to use that opportunity to sort of identify what you want and what you're good at. So um, so I took it as a great learning opportunity. And in that first job, I also learned the importance of sponsorship and how, um, how really the ability to navigate an organization can come from uh, leaders who, who take a vested interest in you. And I benefited from that greatly in that first role. Very, very, very impressive. Angel, what do we got for number two? Yeah, well, that that leads us to our next question, actually, which who were your top two mentors in life and how did they influence you, Mia? Yeah, you know what? I'm sad that I have to limit it to two because I have had mentors at every juncture in my career. But if I had to name only two, I suppose that um, the first one would be John Cheney. John Cheney was the CEO of a company that I joined in my early 30s, and he gave me my first P&L experience. I was, I'd been working from him. We got to know each other. But he offered a general manager role at a time when I didn't think I was ready. Um, I wanted to have a large family or more children, and I, and I, I just didn't think that I had the experience. But he said, you may not have the experience. But how do you get it unless you try and what I see is potential? And so that has stuck with me because I think that one of the challenges that women in particular have is the inability to raise their hand for a job until they feel like they check all the boxes. So John saw potential in me at a time that I didn't, and I'm so grateful for that. And then the second would be Didier Dumont, who's the gentleman who hired me into Sodexo. He brought me into a, um, a new country, a new company a new type of business, a new function, two new languages. Um, And that was also, I think, it took incredible courage on his part. And, again, it was somebody who saw something in me that I, at the time, 
didn't see in myself, but I'm so grateful that he did because that also opened up a whole host of doors and opportunities. And I think that's the role that mentors play is that they, um, they might give you a nudge uh, before you think you're ready. Very, oh very impressive. That's pretty good stuff, huh, Angel? Oh, tremendous growth opportunities. And you're right about women. We don't really jump to those opportunities or we feel like, well, we may not be ready, but what comes out of it, of jumping and just testing to see if those wings actually work <laughs> is amazing. So I love that story. Yeah, I do too. That's uh, that's very, very, very impressive. All right, let's move on to uh, question number three in our lightning round here, Mia. What has been the most significant experience or turning point in your professional career in developing your skills as the leader and CEO that you've become? Yeah, so it has been a set of building blocks, but I would say the most dramatic was the move to Brazil. I Again, I, I joined a company that I didn't know in a function that I had never, um, that, I, that I, I, I didn't have experience in. So it was running sales in a region of eight countries. It was a move to a new country with my family, my husband and two children. I had to learn two new languages and it was an experience that just transformed me. It changed me. It broke me down, and then I got to rebuild in many ways. And I think the, the skills that I learned most as a, as a, in a leadership capacity, one, how you get things done through people, um, the, the power that can come from being vulnerable and asking for help, and I think more than anything, because I was in an environment where I didn't speak the languages initially, I learned how to listen and how to pay attention to context clues and, and people's body language. And really, I think in that way, became more of an introvert. And that has served me very well as I've gone on to take on more leadership roles is, one, how do you get things done through other people? And, um, and how do you really pay attention to what's around you, even if it's not being said? Let me ask you this, uh, Mia. Uh, you talked about the fact that you've learned a couple of new languages. I would imagine if you went to South America, was it Portuguese and Spanish? Is that what it was? Yes. I had to learn Portuguese and Spanish right. because that was the language. those were the languages of business. All right, Angel, take it away. Let's go to question number four in our lightning round. Gosh, sounds like you've had an incredible journey. So, Mia, knowing where you've come from, where you are now, what is the best advice you give the next generation of young professionals in this crazy, changing world of ours? Yeah, I think that it's important to be still. What I see, particularly among the younger generation, is that they're always thinking about the next thing, the next opportunity. And there's power in just being in the moment and trying to take everything you can from that moment because life, for sure, it's a journey. It's a series of steps. Um, and I've, I think I've learned from experience that stop planning a decade out. Stop planning, stop planning even five years out. Be in the moment and take every opportunity for what it's worth. And, and conversely, give everything you have to that opportunity at that moment. Because when you do, when you in some ways submit yourself to exactly where you are in the moment and you give everything you have, amazing things can happen. Sounds pretty good to me. Boy, it sure is. I agree. Well, I tell you what, before we get to our final question in our lightning round, we're going to have to take a quick break. We're talking to Mia Menz. She is the CEO at Inspire Us and Sodexo. And she'll be uh, back as we continue. Yours truly, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton on Leading the Way. What are best practices? Are they what set you apart from your competition? Or are they simply what most companies do to stay in the race? At the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, 
We focus on next practices, and that focus is what today's high-performance organizations rely on to lead the way. Next practices are tactics and strategies that our research has discovered have a great impact on market performance, but that few companies are using. They are what will define market leadership in the years ahead. I4CP helps you see around the curve so your company can adapt and take advantage of emerging trends in the ever-evolving world of human capital. We want you to lead the way. So join our team, I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way. Two great signals. One great way to keep up with what's happening in your world. KLIF News and Information, 570 AM and 96.3 HD2. And now back to Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Here's Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Welcome back to Leading the Way. Scott Murray along with Angel Carlton and Mia Menz, our special guest today, CEO at Inspire Us and Sodexo, Benefits and Reward Services USA. They are based in a suburb just out of Paris, France, but they have actually incredible 80 countries in the world is where they uh, find themselves. So uh, that's pretty, pretty impressive. And Mia has been a very, very busy lady since leaving Harvard uh, Business School many, many years ago. So let's move on to our, our final question here in our our uh, lightning round. First question I've got, or the final question I've got for you, Mia, is the legacy that will best define your life. What comes to mind? First, I hope that I... I can say that I was a, a great mom. I've got two young children, and my hope is that they lead productive, fulfilling, meaningful lives. And so um, in terms of the measure of life, I hope that my kids can say I had a great mom. Um, but professionally speaking, and perhaps it's professional community, I hope that people will remember me. And it's weird to think about myself in the, in the, in the far present future. But I hope that people will remember that I was somebody who – brought people along and that I worked very hard to help people see their own potential and to be the best they could be in work and in life. Um, and I also hope that people remember more than anything, the way that I made them feel as human beings, as somebody who was caring and compassionate. I, I love my Angelo's quote that people may remember what you said. They may remember what you did, but they never forget how you made them feel. And I hope that I feel make help people feel hopeful and optimistic and grateful about life. Oh my goodness gracious. Angel, what do you think of that? <laughs> it's quite a legacy and I believe you're off to a great start. Yeah, I think so. Let's uh, let's put her up yeah. for office. She can run for office. I'll vote for her. My <laughs> gosh. I love it, Mia. That was fantastic. Well, that was uh, very, very well done on our lightning round, but I'm going to turn it over to uh, Angel now as we uh, kick off some of the questions that we've got for you. Angel, take it away. Oh, my gosh. I had so much fun learning about you uh, as I was preparing for this show. And uh, you have quite a story, uh, the true living of the American dream. And uh, it was quite inspiring. So if you could just inspire our audience with your beautiful perspective of life, which you've already demonstrated a little bit for us, and share with us a little bit about your background and, and why you call yourself an accidental CEO. <laughs> Yes, yes. So I do think about my life um, as a series of, of improbabilities, and I start with the fact that I'm, I'm actually in the United States. I am, I'm an immigrant. I come from Ghana, West Africa, and I moved with my family, my parents and two sisters, 
when I was eight years old. And we came to this country in the midst of a coup d'etat in our country. So it was a very dangerous time. My parents fled for their lives. They were accomplished professionals when we left Ghana. And, uh, and we, 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 we detoured through London, and my father had a friend in Houston, Texas, and that was the only reason we chose Houston. And they came on a leap of faith, really. They left everything behind, and they started over. And I've seen my parents, um, particularly as, as I was growing up, just work very hard to reestablish themselves. And their message to us was the fact that we are here is a gift, and you're not to squander any opportunity. And so it was about hard work discipline, integrity, getting a great education. There were some things that were just non-negotiable in my life. And so I would say that my parents just gave us a really important grounding around um, around being excellent, but also remaining very humble and understanding that nothing came from, for free. And so work hard um, and have enormous integrity. Those were life lessons that came from them. And it served me well as I went on um, to school. Um, I went to Wellesley College and, and Harvard Business School. And for me, quintessential American dream to be able to go to those kind of institutions. And I just, I always just took advantage of being in those, those scenarios, those environments. And, um, and I just, I guess I also understood that it was improbable that this, you know, immigrant African girl could come to this country, could go on to the best education um, institutions. And I just sensed that I, I just needed to do something meaningful with my life and that I was being, I'd been given a gift. And so that sort of shaped my lens about what the work that I want to do, the impact that I want to have, and, um, and the companies I choose to work for. And I call myself an accidental, accidental CEO for the reason that I say to people who are younger, be in the moment. I never imagined or sought out to be a CEO. I just really wanted to love my work. I wanted it to align with my values. This concept of authenticity has always been important to me. And I just thought that if I do great work, if I can enjoy the work that I do, if I can leave something better than, than the way I found it, that it would speak for itself. And that has been, that's been I've always thought about the next the next thing. And when I'm in the moment, I do things, I just try to do things well. Um, so the, the opportunity to be, become a CEO, um, you know, it was presented at a time when I wasn't expecting it. And I actually, I actually did not say yes immediately uh, because I just wanted to make sure that if I took this on, I was ready to give it all that I had. And so I will also say that it's important not to, to chase titles in life, but to chase sort of work that aligns inherently with your value system and that allows you to be your most authentic self. Mm, wow. That is great. What a great success story. And wait, I, I love how you used the adversity in your life to your advantage. And because uh, so many people don't, uh, they become yeah. a victim of their adversity. And so that's what I find so inspiring about your story. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I have to agree. So let me move on right away to the to the next question, because it kind of plays off what you said just a moment ago, Mia. You picture yourself as a risk taker. This is certainly a quality that has gotten you where you are today, no question. So have you taken risks that haven't provided you with the results that you had hoped for? And then furthermore, what advice can you give others to become better risk takers if they find themselves in that scenario? And what are some of the practices that people could put into action to become better risk takers? What comes to mind for that? Yeah. So I, let me say this. 
I have always thought that I was somebody who was risk adverse. Um, and, and, and now I'm, I'm sensing that, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to go out of my comfort zone. And, and I will say that it's not that I am really, I eagerly take risk. I, I'm a creature of habit. I, I like to play it safe, but I suppose that I have, I've always sensed that growth, like the growth journey is about taking a leap sometimes. And so I've been motivated by the prospect of something greater at the end. But there is no question, every time that I've stepped out on faith, I've taken, you know, the risk journey, the high risk journey, it has been painful and it has been hard. And I have cried and I have lamented the decisions that I've made. But I think that that somehow um, it's, it's, it's not, it's the ability to just say, you know what, I, I am afraid to own that, but to say I'm going to walk through the fire. And I, and I do think that that has been maybe the, the, the philosophy that I've had in life that has enabled me to do things that others may not have. Um, I'm willing to live with discomfort. I'm willing to do the, the, the uncomfortable step if I believe in what's at the end. And so, and so the first thing that I say is before you jump off, understand the end goal. Because if you're going to live, live through the pain of a journey, you need to feel convicted about the end goal. And then if you do, you think about what's the worst thing that can happen. And in my case, you know, probably the leap to Brazil was the scariest thing I've ever done. But I knew that if it didn't work out, I could come back home. And so consider what's the worst thing that can happen um, and have a plan in case the worst thing materializes. And then I go back to be present and be open to whatever comes your way because Absolutely. You said, has it, where, where are the moments that has not gone the way you predicted? I will say it's never gone the way I predicted, but there's always been some other surprise. And I've leaned into that, that curveball. And, and I've learned now, you know, after 20 years of working, you know, I've learned to, again, I use the word a lot, submit resignation. Um, I think my faith has played a role in that in just having faith that I'm exactly where I am supposed to be. And I, I've stopped trying to foreshadow the future. Um, so risk taking is about, yes, have a good plan B if it doesn't work out. Understand inherently the, the why of why you're taking the risk. You know, what's, what's the end goal? Be willing to just live through the pain of the journey and lean into whatever surprises come your way as you're living that journey. Makes all the sense in the world, that's for sure. Angel? Well, gosh, I mean, in addition to talking about taking risks, in a recent interview that I saw uh, with you, you talk about making sure you are not being complacent. Yeah. Share with our audience your perspective on that and why avoiding complacency is so important for leaders today. Yeah. I love the Gandhi quote which is that um, be the change you want to see in the world. Um, and for me, this is probably also this, this idea that my parents instilled about you are never a victim. And, and complacency for me is falling um, victim to the way things are versus the way things could be. And I think that we all have a responsibility. If you're breathing air in this life, it's what can I do better? What I, can I contribute better? And whether it's personal, professional, in the community, we all, we all have an obligation um, to contribute meaningfully. And so complacency for me is, um, is succumbing. It's, it's the, you know what, 
things suck, but I, but it is what it is. I'm the victim. And I just, it is such an irritant for me because if you are able-bodied and even those who are not able-bodied have an opportunity to give and do something and, um, and it can be small, it can be in your everyday. Um, but imagine if we were a society of people that, that only had an interest in, in self-improvement, community improvement, organizational improvement, we can we don't stay still, right? The only thing that is guaranteed in life is that things must change. And so why not then push for, advocate for, be part of positive change? That for me is the it's the opposite of complacency is taking a stand and being a part of making some something positive happen in your community and your environment. Mm, great self awareness, Mia. Boy, it sure is. Sure is. I'll tell you what, we're going to have to take one quick break. Mia Menz, CEO at Inspire Us and uh, Sodexo, Benefits and Reward Services USA. Going to be uh, back with us as we continue here on Leading the Way. Looking for a great video to preserve your family's legacy? Maybe a video that promotes your business or company for internet or promotional use. Seems just about everyone nowadays thinks they can create videos of their choice simply by pushing a button on their iPad or their smartphone. For capturing an everyday moment, hey, that's just fine. But if you want a professionally produced high-definition video of cutting-edge technology, then call us today at Murray Media. Whether live production or special event, look no further than the Emmy Award-winning team at Murray Media. From creation to capturing to editing to conclusion, Murray Media can get it done. From corporate to industrial to nonprofit videos and special events, television programs, TV commercials, website videos for both professional and personal use. Simply visit our website at murraymedia.net. That's Murray Media, always poised to video your world. 570 AM, 96.3 HD2. That's where you'll find us. News and information, KLIF. And now back to Scott Murray and Angel Carlton and Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Welcome back to Leading the Way. Scott Murray and Angel Carlton, along with Mia Menz, CEO at Inspire Us and Sodexo, Benefits and Reward Services in USA. But although she's based in Houston, they are in 80 countries all around the world. Incredible company when you talk about what goes on every single day. They're making a difference in a lot of lives all around the world. And this is what I'd like to know, because I saw on the on the website, Angel pointed out a little something that you had there. It said, employees are the focal point of a company, the foundation of culture. Inspire Us created a platform that specifically hones in on attributes and dimensions that will attract and engage employments or employees, such as hiring practices, recognition programs, the physical environment, learning and developmental programs, safety and health and well-being initiatives. So my question to you, Mia what are some ways organizations are creating meaningful experiences to elevate employee engagement? And can you give us some examples or maybe have a success story out there you might share with us? Yes. So I would say you, you said a lot of stuff and, um, and we do all the things that you describe. But at the end of the day, we're trying to help employees create meaningful connections at work, mm-hmm. meaningful connections with peers and meaningful connections with their managers. Um, and so we are giving the tools that enable people to recognize the great work people are doing to validate. Um, and there are companies that get it and they do such a great job. And I would say Southwest Airlines because they are, they're a Texas company. They're in Dallas. They're known for great culture and they are authentic in the way that they think about um, employee engagement and, and building culture. And so what, what they've learned is 
one, it has to be a commitment at the, at the CEO level, and it uses everywhere through the organization, and so it's absolutely leadership-driven. But then they give employees, they empower employees, they give them the tools to also actualize that philosophy in their day-to-day. But it's about great connections, helping facilitate great connections with the right tools. Very, very mm-hmm. impressive. Very pre- impressive. Yeah. Well, you've created this incredible, inclusive platform at Inspirus that really believes employees are the foundation of culture, which is shaped and evolved through everyday workplace experiences. What does a healthy culture look and sound like? Yes. So, you know, we like to say that a healthy culture um, is an environment people go people go above and beyond. We call it discretionary effort. That's a that's an industry term. Um, I think it's where uh, people come into work and more than anything feel like they can bring their whole self to work. So I talk about environments where there's psychological safety, um, where people are allowed to feel vulnerable, because think about the fact that people's lives don't stop when they come in the door. And, and that starts again with creating um, great managerial and peer relationships because if people can come into a workplace and feel safe, um, it, it, it enhances their commitment. It allows them to focus in on the job at hand, knowing that they're in an environment that truly cares and that's willing to go in above and beyond in ensuring their well-being. And so ultimately, I say the, the organizations that feel it, you can feel it because there's a sense of well-being among their employees that allows them to challenge, to push, to bring new and innovative ideas. And that's also what honestly transforms organizations. Mm-hmm. Wow, you are so spot on. Yeah, she really is. I totally agree. It's, it's, it's really fun to listen to you because it all sounds so common sense, but you really are, as Angel says, just spot on. So let me ask you this. Another element of your employee experience is recognition, which is described yeah. as one of the most powerful drivers of engagement. And you have what yeah. the, you call the Inspire Us Employee Engagement Platform, making recognition yeah. an everyday event by making it part of an employee's day. And you have credited a mobile app and created this thing to make it possible to give and receive recognition across the entire organization. Would that be globally all around the world? It can be all around the world. Unbelievable. So, okay, well, let me ask you this. How has this technology made it possible for people to feel appreciated, as we all would like to be every single day, more fulfilled at work, and then essentially become more productive for you, the organization? What comes to mind? Yeah, so keep in, remember maybe 15 years ago, managers would give you a spot bonus and they'd say, job well done. Mm-hmm, so we've mm-hmm. done, we have democratized the process of recognition because if you first, if you begin with the premise that people bring more of themselves and they feel valued, then there's power in a thank you. And there's a power in lots of thank yous. And so what we've done is instead of just being the manager that's responsible for saying thank you, your peers get to say thank you. And the technology allows you to, to scale that because when everything's now on a mobile platform, so you've got an app and people can, you know, they see something in real time. They can say, Angel, great job. I saw you do something amazing today. Great job. And not only do you get to see that, but your peers and your managers also get to see that. And so in many ways, stars begin to be born inside of organizations because managers get a perspective that before they didn't. And that perspective comes from your peers recognizing the great work that you do. It's very powerful and very empowering. Did you create that? I mean, you personally? I wish. Well, I tell you, I don't know who, I'm sure you were a part of it. That is great. Isn't that great, Angel? 
It is. I mean, I would love coming to work every day if I knew Me too. Uh, I had an opportunity to be recognized like that. I love that. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we're down to like one of our final questions here, Mia. And I want to talk about uh, the uh, philanthropy, excuse me, uh, that you're involved in, as as Scott mentioned in your bio, uh, with your passion to to mentor girls and women, and you co-founding the organization Seven Sisters to Sisters. Um, You really are a role model for, for young women leaders. I mean, clearly, especially after getting to know you here today. Can you tell us about a little bit about your passion and the vision that you have in making a difference in the lives of these young ladies and perhaps building future leaders out of them? Yes. So I believe so much in cultivating those that are coming behind us and making their pathway far easier than, than even mine. And it's because I step on the shoulders of amazing people, but I, I'm particularly partial to girls because I think that somewhere along the way, girls sometimes lose their voice, they lose their ambition, they lose their confidence. And so I'm working really hard um, to, to, to help girls at a very young age have a sense of who they are, have a sense of their power. And particularly now in my role, as I look into my organization, um, I'm really committed to also the development of women and and giving them an opportunity and helping them see their potential before they think it's possible. And so I I do believe that as an African-American woman leader, um, that perhaps my role, my position is symbolic for some people because they see me sitting in a chair they perceive that they can too. And so I'm very intentional about how I leverage this platform. Um, and it is my goal that in, in doing the work that I'm doing, that, that we're creating opportunities for young women who are prepared to seize them. Oh, I've got chills. <laughs> I really do. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is so refreshing and so invigorating and so just motivating to hear the way you talk. Angel says she got chills. I just sit here and just kind of smile and say, wow, this lady's got it together. So good for you. This is really something. We've got time for maybe one more question, and, and then we need to, to move on. And, uh, but I, I just, in, in, and again, thank you so sincerely for uh, all the knowledge and wisdom you've shared with us. But Angel and I are always looking to hear from people like you when you talk about leadership and the ultimate leader and being the CEO that you become and that type of thing. But let me ask you this. As you look ahead, people like you are also visionary, too. And I'm sure there are things that you personally or you collectively as a company, as an organization, as a global entity, have, you know, you're looking ahead to make things that you talk about from Inspire Us that you hope to inspire us and do, do uh, new things even more. So what's on the plate? Yeah. What's, on, what's on the board? What do you have on the blackboard that five years from now, yeah. this is what we've got to make sure we've gotten to? Ten years from now, yeah. this is our this is our long term vision. What is it? Yeah. So I, I I put it in two compartments. The first is how can FedEx as, as an institution be an incredible corporate citizen, a sustainable organization that understands our role in the community. And so we give back. We invest in local communities. We think about sustainability. Um, so that piece is really important. And I think as a at a, as a time where even in even institutions, I think people are looking at business to make a real difference in the world. And so I'm proud to be part of a company that's doing that. I think more on from a strategic perspective and, and thinking about products and services, the way we deliver, I think we have to think about how we coexist with artificial intelligence. I mean, we are a company that you said is almost half a um, 500 million people strong globally. We're very much people-driven. We deliver through people. Um, but technology will 
begin to displace a lot of jobs. And so I think the way that we strike the balance between allowing technology to do the this hard stuff so that people can do the human stuff is the balance that we have to find. So we will always innovate. Technology will have to become even more critical in our delivery method, but we will always rely on people and the human touch. And I hope that Sodexo is always able to find that balance. Wow. Yeah. And that's quite a balance. We talk about a lot at I4CP, the high tech and high touch. Uh, yes. So uh, great. Yeah. Great, uh, great insight. So, Mia, thank you so much, again, for being part of Leading the Way. You certainly are leading the way in many, many ways. Yeah, I would, I would ditto what uh, Angel just shared, Mia, uh, CEO at Inspire Us and Sodexo, but above and beyond, just an incredible woman. And uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm most moved by everything you've shared with us. Uh, we need more ladies on the face of this earth just like you. So thanks for all you do. Uh-huh. Thanks for sharing your incredible wisdom and knowledge. And thanks for joining Angel and I on the program today. You were just great. Thank you. I'm deeply touched. It was such a pleasure. Well, Thank you. Well, continued success. We'll watch the uh, the great success of your company. And uh, if you ever get a chance, you want to stop by and see us in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, please do so. Great to have you along. I'd love it. All I'd right. Mia you Menz, much. you're very welcome. Mia Menz, CEO at Inspire Us and Sodexo. And we're going to be back with more as we continue with the Leading the Way in our Insight segment. Our good friend Jay Jamrog, stand by next when we return. Leading the Way. It's about influential leaders and the business practices leading companies use to impact market performance. That's what the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, does on a daily basis. We work with leading companies, from Amazon to Boeing, and REI to 3M, to not only discover the best people practices of high-performance organizations, but the next practices, those that will define market leadership in the years ahead. Senior HR, learning, talent, and diversity executives from many of the most respected companies in the world rely on I4CP to ensure that their efforts will make the greatest impact on the business. After all, it's difficult to stay ahead by only looking behind. I4CP's focus on next practices is what today's top companies rely on to lead the way. I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way every single day. KLIF News and Information, still at 570 AM and also at 96.3 HD2. Welcome back to Leading the Way. Here are your hosts, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Hello, everybody. Angel Carlton here with Scott Murray. And it is time now for the Insights segment of the show. And we'd like to welcome co-founder and I4CP futurist, Jay Jamrog. Hello, Jay. Hello, Jay. Hello. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? I am divine. Good, 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 good. What do you think of Mia Menz? Yeah, awesome person. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's had quite a journey in her life, starting at an early age, So, uh, and her parents gave her great wisdom. So yes. a, a, a great person. Absolutely. She had a great foundation. And I, I want to mention that Sodexo is actually one of our newest members here at I4CP. So we're very Correct. proud 
to have Sodexo part of the I4CP family here. Well, you knew she's so smart. You knew she, I mean, that's a no-brainer for her to jump on board with I4CP, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> those forward-thinking companies really have to get their that's right. insight somewhere, right? <laughs> See, the, the, the greats hang around with the greats. It's that's that right. simple. Ask yeah, Jay, so he'll tell you. It, it, it's very interesting. When you asked her about the future of the company, and she talked about being a good corporate citizen, our research uh, into corporate sustainability, and that's the three-legged stool of people, profits, and planets, showed that Corporations that are very much focused on the three-legged stool, in other words, giving equal focus to the people, the planets, and profits, uh, have highly, highly, that philosophy has a high correlation with market performance. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I'm going to remember that one. People, profits, and planet. I like that, Jay. Did you come up with that? Yeah. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Nobody's listening. That's all right. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, let's kick things off when we talk about what Mia shared with us, Jay. Again, it it doesn't much matter what we talk about. She was just above and beyond. I I, I was just totally impressed. We've had some incredible guests during during the course of uh, the last several months, and and to to listen to her was really special. We talked about risk-taking, and then Mia shared her personal journey and how she addresses risk and that she realizes and I think what she said, it's a growth journey and says she has the ability to. And I, I'm going to quote this here because I wrote this down. She said, I'm afraid, but still walk through the fire. I just love yeah. that line. So here's my question to you, Jay. How does being a good risk taker really align with being a good leader in today's world? Yeah. So what she is explaining is what I call is, is, is intelligent risk taking. Uh, you know, there's risk takers who just throw you know, cautions to win and will jump into anything. But uh, she does intelligent risk taking where she's willing to walk through a fire when she sees something, what the goal is going to be at the end. Remember, she emphasized that quite a bit. What is the goal going to be at the end and have a plan for walking back? So she's an intelligent risk taker. She's not risk adverse. She just takes intelligent risk. Uh, you know, you know, in Asian philosophy, they have the thing about walking across the coals or walking into the fire. Right. Uh, it's all about facing your fears and walking into the fire. And what's the end goal going to be? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Great. Yeah. Highly intelligent. Highly intelligent yes. person. And uh, yeah, great description. Perfect. Well, I see why Sodexo in, in, uh, acquired Inspirus. Inspirus. Uh, is they have a really dynamic process to elevate employee engagement. And Mia gave us a great example in Southwest Airlines being more leader-driven and authentic in their employee engagement initiatives. And what a great example that is, as we know. Uh, What does I4CP, what does our research reveal about employee engagement that is cutting edge today? Well, you know, engagement is a very complicated uh, thing. You can make it very complicated. It can be very simple. I think Mia has broken it down to, uh, you know, bringing your discretionary effort to work. And that's a that's like a catch-all. It's been around for a long time, this discretionary effort. Um, but it's also, I think, where it's going today and what our research is showing is that engagement is good. And we want people to want to come to work and have those relationships but also the next step, a level above that is, are you, are you engaged and aligned to where we want to go as a business? So it's one thing to bring your whole self to the company and really love your work. But are you really aligned to the mission of the company and the purpose of the company? 
we've done some research before where we saw companies that were not executing the strategy, it wasn't because the people weren't engaged, is that they weren't aligned to the strategy. They were aligned to their jobs, they were aligned to their profession, they were very loyal to their jobs, the company and profession, but weren't aligned to the strategy. So in, in what we're seeing in our research is the, you know, it's going a little bit beyond that now and really looking at alignment as, lo- as well as engagement. Uh, at, uh, at Jack in the Box, they call it, uh, I got to remember, it, the ace advantage. It's uh, alignment, uh, engagement, and, uh, and uh, your ability to do your job. So it's three things uh, that they look at. I love that. I love that. But how, how are organizations identifying employees and whether or not they're aligned with the values and mission? Is it through just surveys and assessments? There's a, there's a number of ways, Angel, uh, and we have looked at it over the years uh, and then a large lo- and longitudinal study on what are the key performance indicators that really look at alignment. And so uh, many of our members have adopted our, our little uh, you know, five five pillars of looking at alignment is that are they uh, uh, executing the strategy? Are they focused on the customer? Are they aligned to the cultural values of the company? Do leadership have the right behavior? And is talent's performance aligned to the strategy? So it's all about aligning those five characteristics of of the strategy, the customer, the culture, leadership, and talent. Mm -hmm. One of the things she said about engagement that really struck me that I think more and more companies are going to is this recognition piece, this powerful thing of using an app give instantaneous recognition. I know a number of companies now are moving to that way. And I think that is a powerful tool today also. So I was impressed the way she's using that technology. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, I think it's great. Maybe it's something we should have at I4CP. I know we do a lot of shout outs on our on our calls, but Correct. it would be something cool. Yeah, it would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. You know, let, dig, dig back in, uh, in, your, in your memory, if you might, for a second, Jay. Um, as they say in the in the good old days, do you remember the days when uh, your your coaches, your teachers, your principals? I remember growing up, they always had wonderful things to share with us. But my parents, they would always tell me, never, ever, ever, ever forget the two most important words on the planet. And doesn't matter what language you use, whether it's merci, gracias, it's thank you. And, yeah. and, and they told me over and over, those are the two most important words in the English language. And then I hear Mia talking about the fact that there is a lot of power in those two words, thank you, especially right. from your peers. So here's my question for you this afternoon. What is your opinion on how gratitude contributes to the employee experience, no matter how big or small the company might be across America? Yeah, you know, and managers play an important role here, too. I love the recognition of peers, of course, uh, and and getting that instantaneous feedback that you did a good job or somebody recognized you for doing a good job. You know, we're so used to either beating ourselves down or having a bad boss beat us down that it's really nice to hear from your peers, thank you. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for getting on the phone. Thank mm-hmm. you. We do that in our company a lot. Sometimes it we do too many emails because we're more virtual, but we'll constantly be sending people emails thanking them for jumping on a phone, helping solve a problem, going above and beyond to help solve a customer's problem. So it really goes a long way. Um, 
uh, you know, and it's it's some of the feedback. When we, when we did study with USC on performance feedback, the power of giving positive feedback is huge. And the positive and the, and the and the feedback around developing people. They say you're a really good angel. This is how this is what we can do together to really develop you even further. And and Mia mentioned this by you know taking jobs where she was a leap of faith, mm-hmm. and having a mentor that nudged her in that direction. And so it's not only the recognition; it's also saying I want to invest in you. If you invest, I invest in you. Will you invest in me? Yes. Let me ask you this: Are there other words like thank you? Or other terms like that that might come to mind that would would play along the same scenario. I was I was listening to a, a, a television show this morning on NBC, and they were interviewing Jordan Spieth, who of course is is from the Dallas area, so we all know well who Jordan is and how he grew up here. But he comes from an incredible family, and when he was all of 21, he won the Masters, and and he just I mean he took the the golf world by storm and became the number one go. I mean it was just above and beyond. And yet, the one thing that sets him aside or sets him apart from so many people that I've come to know is his humility. And he talked about that this morning on this broadcast when they asked him, what's the one thing that you learned from your your folks or learned along the way? And he said, my parents always taught me humility, always said Uh to be humble. Are those things that exist in corporate America today? Because it doesn't much matter what company it might be. I see some that are very humble in the way they do things, and yet there are others that, oh man, it's above and beyond. It's 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 just it's it's all about me. It's this. It's that. It's it's just uh, there's a certain arrogance that isn't all that friendly, if you know what I mean. I just wonder what 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 comes to mind. Uh, it's you know today I think we're learning some valuable lessons around humility that I think more and more companies are going to be jumping onto. The CEO of BlackRock, um, a multi-trillion dollar investment company, sent a, uh, a letter out to CEOs saying this very same thing. He didn't say it on humble, but he says it's time for you to invest in society. Mm-hmm. And we'll, if you invest in society, we'll invest. And that's a sign of humility that when you're saying, I don't have all the answers. Let's invest in our community. Let's invest and bring other people uh, around you. I was always told to uh, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. Mm-hmm. I like that. Because, I like that. I've because, heard that too. Yeah. So, and that takes a little bit of humility to say, I'm not smart in that area. I got to <laughs> hire somebody who's smarter than me. And what I found out is I'm not smart in almost every area. So I had to hire a lot of smart people. <laughs> so he has a plethora of people all around him every right. single day, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. She, another thing she mentioned that I wrote down that I'm going to use is the power of being in the moment. And humility is good, but if people want to be excellent, it's that power of being in the moment. We're taught to plan for the future. Uh, motivational speakers, everybody will say, think about five years from now and work towards it. Uh, her advice was be in the moment. Yeah. And I thought that mm-hmm. was wonderful advice. Totally um, agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally humility agree. is just so powerful. I'm glad you asked that question, Scott. That's a really good question. There's a lot of uh, power in humility if leaders would realize that is the fastest way to gain respect and trust. If you can show that 
your your humanness to others. Yeah. You yes. know, uh, it's very powerful. So. Well, that's like I've tried to share with you here on the show. Try and be more humble to me. <laughs> Understand. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I, I couldn't let that moving go by, on. Jay. We're I couldn't let on. that go. Next question here. <laughs> well, we can certainly relate to Mia's vision of what's to come, you know, when, when asked, looking ahead, when Scott asked her that great question. But, uh, it, it, and she talked about balancing how we coexist with technology. And you alluded to this app based recognition programs now all these companies yep. are doing self-deliveries and i mean more companies are becoming more app-based and based around technology what what does that future look like for us jay you know it's, one thing i disagreed with there technology is not going to eliminate jobs it's going to eliminate work and so anything that's consistent or predictable but anytime we have a lot of interface with other people, or what I jokingly say, other carbon-based life forms, so when technology is interfacing with other people, it's going to be a tricky proposition to do it correctly without high touch, without other people involved. There's been experiences with AI, with face recognition, with artificial intelligence asking, answering bots and things like that that have gone horribly wrong because – it's easy to do machine learning and AI, et cetera, when it comes to a machine that says something consistency and predictable, consistency and predictable. It's different when you start looking at the job and you deconstruct the job and say, what is it that a machine or AI can do better than a human? And what is it a human needs to do in the job that interacts with other humans? And so, and then you upskill that part, that's the human part, and you use AI in the other part. But we're going to have to do some deep thinking about what it means to use machine learning, AI, robotics in the future, and where is the place for the human interaction, because it's going to become even more important in the future. Because you know with any technology, you put crap into it, crap's going to come out of it. And so Mm -hmm. when it learns, is it learning the right quote-unquote crap. Yeah, and I read somewhere that uh, the jobs of the future will be more creativity-based because that's something that technology can't quite duplicate uh, uh, from the human brain. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, we're going to, we're seeing in our research, especially with young people today, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Gen Z or millennial research, but we do a lot of it. Uh, And what we're seeing is a very big trend towards experience, face-to-face communication, face-to-face feedback. I want experiences. And that means experiences with other human beings. And so we're seeing a huge thing towards high-tech, high-touch today. And we've got to build it into our strategies. How do we use technology smartly? Well, Jay, can't thank you enough. Futurist co-founder, I4CP. Thank you for your uh, your great wisdom and your incredible knowledge each and every week. We thank you much. Okay. We'll see you down the road. Yeah, awesome, okay, Jay. Scott, thank you. Angel, thank you. All Bye-bye. right, thank you much. And to all of our listeners on this Sunday afternoon, as we always remind you, live your legacy by leading the way. Till next week and yet another edition of Leading the Way, I'm Scott Murray. And I'm Angel Carlton. Have a great week, everybody.